never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't feel that you're working. Even when I don't feel that you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working.
thankful that God is able to uh, overcome uh, the barriers that sometimes have uh, kept us apart. And we're in a, a new day, a new age that we can still uh, accomplish what God set before us. And uh, we don't approach these situations with fear. We come uh, with faith and with an understanding that God is more than able. Uh, to keep us, keep that which has been entrusted to him. One of the things that God instructed us in his word, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it says, I pass on to you that which I received from the Lord. On the night the Lord Jesus was handed over to his enemies, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, it is given for you. Every time you eat it, do it in memory of me. In the same way, after cupper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, do it in memory of me. You eat the bread and drink the cup. When you do this, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And then he goes on, he says, eat the bread and drink the cup of the Lord in the right way. Don't do it in a way that isn't worthy of him. If you do, you will be guilty. You'll be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of Christ. Everyone should take a careful look at themselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. Whoever eats and drinks must recognize the body of Christ. If they don't, judgment will come upon them. And so as we prepare to receive today, um, we have um, these cups that are set up here. And we're going to invite you to come and to pick up your cup. Now, when you do it, there is a, um, there's a little tab that you can pull back. And when you do that, it releases the wafer that is on the top. And then the second uh, tab allows you to pull back and access the juice. And so just so you know, it's all together. And we, we went with this route for the next couple of times. We're, we're doing these prepackaged ones just to help keep you know as, uh, you all as safe as we can during these times and uh, uh, just to help people feel assured on these things. So we would like to invite you to come. And during this song of worship, uh, as the Lord leads you to come and get your elements and to find a place and continue in your worship, uh, you can find a place at the altar. You can find a place at your where you're seated at. But we just release you to uh, experience God in communion here this morning. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread. We thank you for the juice, symbolic of uh, your body and your blood. Father, symbolic of the things that you have done for us. And today, as we celebrate in the act of communion, we do so honoring what your word has instructed us to do. We do so in such a way that, Father, we may be restored the fullness of health, that we may experience the forgiveness of sins, that we may experience the uh, things that your presence desires to do in our lives. Uh, Father, I pray that you would raise within us, Father, a standard, allow, a standard that allows us to experience your presence in new and increasing ways. We ask your blessing on this in your name. Amen.
next song that we're going to sing is a new song. Um, it's actually new to me. I just heard it starting Monday. Um, it's called Change. And what I love about it is that I always talk about singing songs and proclaiming what the song is saying and proclaiming it over our lives in the moment, even if it doesn't feel like what we're singing about is happening. And the song says, the chorus, we can see a change coming. Our God is here to save. We can see a change coming. The streets are filled with praise. We can see a change coming. The church will take her place. We can see a change coming. Revival's on its way. And I know with everything going on right now, it may not seem like revival is happening, but I really feel like it's going to. And, and in some places, it's already like taking place. And so as a church, as a congregation today, I just want us to rise up and sing this song. I know it'll be new to you, and the, I, the words will be up on the screen. So please just take these words into your heart, and let's just proclaim a change over our city, our nation, our country. Let's just proclaim a change today.
a change coming. The streets are filled with praise. We can see a change coming. The church will take a place. We can see a change coming. Revival's on its way. We can see a change coming. Our God is here to save. We can see a change. 
waiting for someone to come up here, waiting for Miss Nancy to go around. Like, you're missing what it's saying. You don't need to be in church for the Spirit to be with you. You don't need the lights off or the lights on or someone to come up here first. Like, hey, can you go back to the good ones? And thank you for stepping out and sharing that. As we were worshiping today and, and we were going through these different passages, um, I just felt like God was uh, bringing the different passages to mind where it was speaking about some of these. In the, um, in the previous song, we were talking about, you know, being able to see God's answer coming. You know, in the book of Revelation, it says, He that has eyes, let him see. Um, in, in 2 Kings, um, Elisha and his servant were surrounded by the enemy. And uh, the servant went out and he couldn't see. Um, the protective nature of, of God, even though they were surrounded by this great enemy. And Elisha never even came outside. You need to hear this. He never came outside. He stayed in the tent. He remained at peace. He was calm. And the servant came in all uh, fearful. <laughs> he was surrounded by the enemy. 
And Elisha said, Greater are they that are with us than they that are against us. And he, and he prayed, he said, God, open up his eyes that he may see. And the servant went back out and he saw the armies of heaven surrounding the enemy's armies. And he realized that God was more than able to keep that which was entrusted to him. And then in this past song that we're singing in book of Acts, Peter is talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that this blessing was for them and their children and for people around the world that this blessing was meant to enhance, to encourage, to empower. But as we were singing and as Madison shared that, um, I, I realized that so much about the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is proportionate. It is proportionate to our surrender. It is proportionate to that peace that we're willing to relinquish of ourselves and allow God to be who He wants to be in our lives. And that's, you know, God's never going to be more for us than we want Him. Doesn't matter doesn't matter what he may want for you if you don't want the same level from God he's not God's never going to overpower you with his blessing if you don't want it and so I'd like this like us to go through this song again and I just want you to understand if there is something in your life today that you are struggling with if there is something you are fearful about I need you to be willing to pray and say, Lord, open my eyes to see the armies of heaven that are supporting me. Open my eyes to see that which you're about to do so that I can rejoice in your presence and your fullness and no longer operate in fear. See, I can pray it. Elisha prayed it over his servant. But let me just tell you, if you're willing to pray it over yourselves, I believe God will do something so much more powerful in you than you could ever imagine. And so let's, let's sing this again. Let's worship. Let's surrender.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Our desire is that your blessing would flow in us and through us, around us, not only to benefit, Father, us, but, Father, the generations that follow us, generation after generation after generation. Because we have committed to pursue you first and foremost. You are the reason we we gather. You are the reason that we can stand with an assurance in the midst of a time when many are operating out of fear, Father, we operate out of a level of faith, understanding that you are with us. And that you will keep that which has been entrusted to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. That was free for you. Praise God. Praise God. We are um, we are so excited today. Um, our kids' ministries, all uh, from nursery all the way down to kids' church, started back up today, and so uh, we are excited to have uh, that. I know our kids have been looking forward to it. Uh, they have done uh, for the month of May. Uh, they were with us in service, and they did a tremendous job um, being here and, and being engaged and uh, taking notes. But now I know they were excited to be able to be back downstairs in their own service. Uh, and the, uh, definitely the kids up in nursery were excited to be back um, in those areas. Uh, I do want to invite you, if you uh, love kids and would like to serve in an area, um, we've had some transitions in our nursery area um, Miss Elaine uh, Maines, who has served in our nursery for um, many, many years. Um, she is moving to Florida, where her son is. Uh, Sam passed away, and not too, you know, what, in this last year. Um, and so she has been preparing, um, bought a house down there, uh, moving down there where her son is. And so uh, I, I think, I'm pretty sure she's going to be with us again uh, at least one more Sunday before she uh, moves but just want you to be aware of that, and we've had some others that are going, have some things going on. So if you, if you love kids and you sense God calling you to step out and to serve in an area, um, we need some workers in our nursery. Um, we always put you up there with uh, somebody to help um, because we uh, never leave anyone alone in those areas. Um, 
So just want to encourage you on that. Also on Wednesdays, um, we are back with all of our classes. Seth and Missa uh, have the kids um, down in our uh, uh, Wednesday night kids area, and we had adult class in here, and then we had um, youth and uh, our college age group meeting downstairs. And so uh, we had a full building on uh, uh, Wednesday, and it was wonderful to have everybody back around and just want to encourage you. Uh, to come out as you are uh, comfortable. Um, we do uh, try to do a Zoom meeting for our um, uh, adult Bible study as well. If you'd like to participate in that and you're not comfortable coming out yet, uh, we want you to sense um, that level of peace. Um, but this last week, I think we had almost all of our people back out, and so uh, we were excited about that. Next week, um, I will be out of town. I'm, uh, my family's flying out to South Dakota. We're doing a memorial service out there, and uh, uh, we, uh, you're going to be blessed because Pastor Willie is going to be bringing the word next week, and uh, uh, I know that will bless you and challenge you. Um, but we do need individuals that um, are willing to step up and help learn our, our live stream program. Uh, it's called Switcher um, that we utilize to uh, record our services. And uh, my wife has been typing up the instructions, and she can walk you through many of the different aspects of that. And so next Sunday, if you're willing to do that, um, uh, please uh, let us know, and uh, we'll, we'll work with you so you know how to set everything up. Praise God. All right, and also, one of the functions that we were prepared to participate in um, was the um, Miami River, is it, cleanup? Is that what it was called? No, it, Little Miami. Miami. Right down here um, in Bellbrook, the Little Miami uh, runs through there. We were originally signed up to be part of a, a big outreach on that. And because of all the changes that were put out and requirements, um, they've spread that out through the month. Um, and so it's not just going to be on one Saturday. There's going to be lots of days. So if this is something that you would like to participate in and still go out and do that, it's not going to be the big outreach that we were going to do. We were going to try to help feeding people and different things, and, and now we're not going to be able to do that aspect of it. That doesn't mean we can't still serve our community and go out there uh, and uh, do a canoe. Uh, information is online about that, or you can talk to Seth if you have other questions. But we're going to look at maybe finding a day that we can get a, you know, over the next uh, month that we can get a group of people possibly out there to do that, but just want you to be aware. We were originally planning on doing that as an outreach and, and are unable to do it as the full outreach that we had planned on. So Seth will uh, be able to fill you in more on that, but just be aware um, there are many days that you can sign up and you can rent a canoe and you can go through the Little Miami there and participate in uh, some of the cleanup processes that go on. And it should be flowing a little less um, intense right now compared to where it was uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, so it'll be good. Praise God. Today I've titled my message, God's Heart for the Brokenhearted. In his retirement, Thomas Jefferson founded the University of Virginia. Because Jefferson trusted the students would take their studies seriously, the code of discipline was lax. Unfortunately, his trust proved misplaced when the misbehavior of students led to riots in which professors who tried to restore order were attacked. 
The following day, a meeting was held between the university's board, of which Jefferson was a member, and defiant students. Jefferson began by saying, this is one of the most painful events of my life. And he was overcome by emotion and burst into tears. Another board member asked the rioters to come forward and give their names. Nearly every one of them did. Later, one of them said, it was not Mr. Jefferson's words, but his tears that caught my attention. My thoughts this week have been fixated on the brokenness of our world, of our lives. Lots of questions have arisen, and today I am not asking you for a response. I'm not asking you whether or not you agree or disagree with the events that have taken place. What I know is lives have been taken, families have been affected, communities are in turmoil, the enemy is gaining a foothold in our communities. The enemy. We all face an enemy. Whether you realize it or not, we face an enemy, and the enemy is not someone who is African-American, is not someone who is white or Hispanic. The enemy is Satan. John 10.10 says that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And we as believers should be aware of this truth that there is an enemy that seeks to destroy our communities. He is more concerned with the devastation of lives than he is with the restoration of hope. And so we as the church, even as we were worshiping today, this truth, this reality was so evident that it is the church's place, it is the church's responsibility. God has ordained the church to bring about a response to the challenges, the calamities, the the things that are going on in our communities. First John four four says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. It is the presence of God in you that gives you the ability to walk in a level of confidence, uh, a level of faith, and a level of assurance, and not be afraid of the things that are going on all around us. But... As a church, I think many times we have fallen short of where God wants us to be. As a church, we have failed many times in, in fulfilling our place in the communities that we live. 
I'd like to focus on Isaiah chapter 61 here for a moment. Verses 1 through 3. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer first. Father, today, more than ever, I pray that you would help us to hear your word, the message that your word brings, that our hearts would be made aware of those things that break your heart. Those things that bring a tear to you. May we be moved in such a way, Father, that a response comes forth in our lives. We ask for this in your name. 61, Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. As I was reading this passage this week, my eyes became fixated on a few core truths in this passage. The first one that anointed, we have been anointed, we have been consecrated, we have been set apart for a reason. The church has been anointed and empowered by the presence of God to, to do something, to be something to our communities. It is not enough that we show up to church on Sunday. It's not enough. <laughs> you could go to a country club and fulfill the same requirement. It is not enough just to show up. God wants something more from you. God wants a response from you. Your relationship with God should not be something that is encapsulated in a Sunday morning church attendance. That this should just be a small portion of what your faith is all about. That you come together, that you don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together with other believers. That this is that encouragement, this is that shot in the arm, this is that moment that gives you that burst, that boost of energy. So that from here on out through the rest of the week, you are empowered with even a greater level, a greater sense of God's awareness, a greater sense of God's uh, 
power working in you so that the things that are really serious that are working with the lives of people that are in the balance, people that are not sure about what God is doing in this world, you're able to be there to be a source of hope and inspiration, to be a carrier of his message to this world. See, that's what Sunday is supposed to do. This This is an equipping time. This is like, how many of you are a one day a week, you go shopping, and you get all your supplies for the week? Or is there anybody out there that is able to do that anymore? We're like eight times. But, uh, but some people, I know when I was growing up, my mom, um, she would go one, once a week, and she'd get shopping for the week, and she, you know, would have all the things mapped out and planned out and stuff like that, and you know, which was quite the task. There were, there were five of us kids, four boys, um, and we all knew how to eat. Um, there, we didn't have anything in our house called leftovers. Anybody know what those are? Um, there were not leftovers in our world. Um, uh, there was fighting to get done with your first portion to get seconds. Um, but this time that we come together is this time of preparation. We come, we eat a little bit more of God's presence. We consume a little bit more of the things of God. And it prepares us and equips us to to go from here and we should walk a little differently. (laughs) It's like we, now, maybe some of you have never done this, you know, walking away from a, a buffet um, that you've maybe indulged a little bit beyond what was um, probably normal or um, acceptable. And you, you, you walk with a little different stagger because you're full and overflowing. See, what I, what I would encourage you to do is today to begin to partake of the things of God, and, I, and I'm giving you permission to overeat. And it's not going to put an inch on your waistline or anywhere else. But what it will do is it will enable you to walk a little taller. That you'll stand a little more assured of who God has called you to be. And see, that's what this is about today. Man, I love worship. I love worship. I, I give my, my kids a hard time sometimes because they, they don't want me um, to sing out loud with a microphone. Sometimes I think they've told people that are running the sound system to make sure they shut me off when singing happens in case I forget to turn my mic off. Um, but I am not a quiet singer. I will pour every ounce in it. And I know this. It is a sweet sound to the Father. <laughs> it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. <laughs> to the Father, because I, I learned long ago that it, it doesn't matter whether or not you give me a good grade or not in my worship. What matters is that God the Father looks down upon me and he sees me pouring out to him the things that are inside of me, surrendering all that I am, that he may be glorified. Because if I lift Jesus higher, I know that it will draw all men to the Father. 
See, that's what it's all about. When you begin to worship God and surrender and give God every ounce of who you are, what happens is the presence of God begins to be elevated because there is a a physical manifestation of God's presence that it begins to fill this room and we begin to experience God doing something amazing. And that's what the anointing is all about. It is We are experiencing God's anointing being overflowed in our lives, preparing us for us to leave this room. We were sent to heal. Jesus recognized that God the Father was going to send him to heal the broken heart. Jesus quotes this passage out of Isaiah sent me to heal the brokenhearted. We have people that are brokenhearted today. And who is going to take the message of hope to them? People have been caught up with this Black Lives Matter and people are offended and they start doing this All Lives Matter and and, and they start sharing, well, you know, police lives matter and all this. And it, and it begins this battle, this war of words, because people are consumed with, you know, making sure no one's left out. And I want you to understand, I don't think God's leaving anyone out. But what we should understand is there are certain individuals when they are when they're hurting, when they are brokenhearted, we can't just stand, step back and say, you know, buck up, buddy. Sometimes that's what I feel like we're we're saying is it's like, man, you know, toughen up. That's what my dad did. My dad wasn't a believer. He was a hard, hard man. And if you, if you fell down, if you got hurt, he'd just say, toughen up. How many of you have ever told somebody to rub some dirt on it? Okay. <laughs> like that's going to help anything. But it's this whole thing, you know, be tough. But it never touched the pain of the moment. It never fixed anything. What it did was it taught a generation of people to stuff the things that were broken and hurting inside and never address them so that they could find healing. And Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. He said, I've come to proclaim liberty. Freedom. Opening of prisons. For those who are captive, comfort to console. Do you hear the message of God's heart for the broken, those that have been disenfranchised, those that have been hurt, those that have been left out? Do you hear the God the Father's heart towards individuals who are experiencing this pain of separation? See, that's where I think is the church we fall short at times because we don't capture the Father's heart for those that are hurting. 
whether you agree with the, the basis of their pain or not, has nothing to do with the situation. It really doesn't matter whether or not you agree or understand. What matters is that you are willing to take upon yourself the, the calling of God the Father that you hurt for those who are hurting. That you feel their pain. God's heart is tender towards the broken, the lost, and the hurt. And if God's heart is tender towards them, what should the response of our heart be? I was directed to another Old Testament pro- or passage, another Old Testament prophet, the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 8. Verses 18 through the first verse of chapter 9. We're going to read that here. And listen to Jeremiah. My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. Listen to the weeping of my people. It can be heard all across the land. Has the Lord abandoned Jerusalem? The people ask. Is her king no longer there? Oh, why have they provoked my anger with their carved idols and their worthless foreign gods, says the Lord. The harvest is finished and the summer is gone. The people cry, yet we are not saved. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and am overcome with grief. Is there no medicine in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why is there no healing for the wounds of my people? If only my head were a pool of water and my eyes a fountain of tears, I would weep day and night for all my people who have been slaughtered. Jeremiah the prophet was a man with a big heart, and he was known as the weeping prophet, not because he was a pushover, but because his heart was tender towards the people. He had such a love for the people, the children of Israel, and when they were hurting, when they were in pain, even at the result of actions that were self-initiated, that sinful actions that took them away from a relationship with God, Jeremiah's heart was broken for the people and wept and cried out for them. He was hurting for them. And I began to think as I read through that passage this week what has my response been for the people that God has called me to minister to see the power of this text comes from the emotions tied to a man of God who saw the people of Israel not just as something that he had to put up with, but his responsibility to minister to. A man whose heart was broken over the plight and condition of the people that he was called to touch. Can we put on glasses that give us the ability to see clearly? the pain of those that are all around us? 
This week I went to the eye doctor, and they were working with my prescription. And um, if you've never had to go, you're blessed. But they have this machine that they put in front of your face, and you know this person is standing there, and they're they're saying, "Well, can you can you read this?" Yes. Is it clearer now? And they push a button and it goes a little further. And They've got this device that keeps spinning and all these lenses keep showing up in front of you. And is this one clearer or is this one clearer? And they're back and forth until you come to a place that everything is, is crystal clear. And that's what the prescription that is written for us. And I look at God the Father, and he begins to share through the entirety of Scripture these different passages that give us insight into the, his heart. And he, and he says, with this passage, can you see the people differently yet? And people say, well, no, not yet. Well, here, let's look at this passage. Look at this passage. Can you see the people a little differently today because of this passage? Well, not really. Well, let's look over here. And so in all these different passages, they really illustrate the Father's heart in a different angle, but they're all done so that we can see that God is, is pulled towards the broken. Reading about Jesus as uh, Lazarus had uh, um, died... And, uh, no, excuse me, John the Baptist had been executed, and Jesus had gone away to mourn the loss of his friend, of his cousin. And the crowds were gathering and calling for him. And Jesus' heart was pulled towards the broken, the cries of the people. Even though he had a, a situation of personal pain, his heart was literally pulled towards those that were crying out for him. So I'm asking you today to begin to examine God's Word in such a way that he may give you some new insight, some new vision into the pains of people. The church does no good for itself if we st stand back and begin to harp on all these other things and we miss the pain of the moment. I can tell you, as a parent, I have fallen short many times of addressing the pain of my child when I tell them to toughen up. When I don't give them an opportunity to to express themselves, to find a voice. Let me share with you some things that I learned from this passage out of Jeremiah, from the readings that I've done so far. A broken heart comes from listening. See, we're, we're not all good listeners. Do you know that? If in the midst of you listening, you're already formulating a way of escape, you're not a good listener. 
If in the midst of your listening, you're formulating the words that you're going to respond to this person to try to encourage them, um, you're not a good listener. See, listening is not about coming up with an answer. It's about being present. The sad thing is that our world recognizes this, (laughs) and they have professional people that will allow you to come and sit and talk and pay them money. (laughs) And they've been trained to not give you an answer for your problems. They just will listen. And how sad is it as a society that we would rather pay somebody to be a professional listener than learn to listen to people. The, the first key to true communication is knowing how to listen. Not that you're listening for a response, but that you understand people. See, listening is hearing where people are. In our passage out of Jeremiah, the people are crying out. And Jeremiah is listening. And rather than just simply responding, he began to cry out to God and weep for the people. And this week, rather than reacting to, this, to the events of this week, I began to listen. And I began to pray. I, I was irritated to the, at the destruction that was going on in our communities. I was irritated. I, I saw myself beginning to get angered and wanting to say something. And, and God reminded me, right now I'm, I'm here to listen to the pain. Yes, I'm sure there were many that took advantage of a situation, but that does not remove my responsibility to hear the hearts that are broken of people who are truly at a loss. Can you listen beyond the destruction of a few to the heart cries of the broken? In our passage, the people knowing that the end is near began to cry out to God. And when events like the killing of George Floyd happened, we have people crying out, where is God in these moments? And as the carriers of hope, if we don't bring the message, who will? What are you carrying around with you every day? Is the thing that inspires you and empowers you, is it worthy of you promoting to the the world that you live in? That's where I've been this week. I have have wrestled with this, this passage, this thought process all week. And I, and I had to do a self-examination. Lord, have I fallen short? Have I failed the people you've called me to reach because of my own internal tendencies that just want to say, listen, just toughen up. 
Put a helmet on. See, when fear is allowed to rule and reign, there is, there is one obvious winner, and it is not God. When fear is allowed to rule and reign, the enemy, the liar, the thief, wins. I can't tell you I always know the answer to the cries of all the people. But one decision I've made recently in regards to all these events that are going on that would separate me from connecting with them, that would separate me from people who were trying to find a voice, is I made a decision that I was going to do what I knew I could do, and that was pray. Not because I have or haven't sided with certain people, but because I haven't prayed enough right now. See, when I looked at myself this week and started realizing, God, have I, have I been part of the problem or part of the solution? And I felt like God asked me, have you been praying? Have you been calling out for the people? I love my wife. Every time um, she hears... Um, an ambulance or a, um, a sirens, um, she begins to pray for whoever they're going to take care of. She prays for that situation. See, the, the sirens are um, a key to begin to pray. Not the yell and scream. We were following uh, some cars the other day and there was an accident right in front of us and so we stopped our car and just turned on our lights and we're directing traffic around it and we just began to pray for those until the police showed up and were able to, to help remedy things. And, but we, we knew, you know, we, the people were out of their cars, they were walking around, they were okay. Um, so we knew we could help direct traffic around them. That's what we could do. So we did our part. We didn't, we didn't judge the events that took place. We weren't, God didn't send us there to, you know, say, this person really messed up. No, God just sent us there to, to pray, to help direct some of the traffic around that these people could address the, the pain of their situation appropriately. See, that's where as a church, we have an opportunity to be uh, a difference maker in our community. As, as people are, are, are wanting to riot, we have the ability to come in and speak peace, to speak life. Church, I, I don't know what the answer is going to be for our world, but I know this. Jesus is the only way that this world is ever going to experience true peace. And if we don't learn to pray, 
If we don't learn to seek God for the communities God's called us to minister to, how are we ever going to be the carrier of hope to a lost and broken world? So when I began to look at myself and I, and I started saying, God, how have I fallen? How have I, how have I fallen short of what you've called me to do? And I felt like God began to say to me because my heart was, wasn't broken enough for the pains of a group of people who are hurting. It was, it was so much easier for me to sit back and just to say, oh, just, that's just so wrong. How can they do that? Don't they love their community? Look at those people. And, and I just began to have those thoughts and I said, Lord, that's not going to fix the situation And I began to understand a little bit more about why Jeremiah was weeping for the people of Israel. He knew knew that they were experiencing the result of their own sins. Sin separates from God. And when people are in the midst of their sin, our hearts should be broken for those people and we begin to call out to the Father saying, God, rescue them. Help them. Open their eyes to see and their ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them that they may turn back to the Father. See, that's what we are response, that's what we are called to do. That's our responsibility. When we see the devastation of riots in our community, our responsibility is to begin to call out to God the Father. And you may go and you may begin to pray and just begin to intercede and to be that one who stands in the gap and says, says God, I, I pray that you would disperse the, the anger and that your peace would prevail. See, that's where we can participate in the things that are going on. But if we don't pray, we will relinquish the one thing that we have the ability to do on a daily basis that makes the most difference. When I look at Jeremiah, he was broken for the people who were separated from the God who loved them. And we should be broken for people who are separated from God. Jeremiah has heard the cries of his people, not as just merely hearing, but really listening. His heart was broken for them. And Jeremiah knew that the lives of the people that God had sent him to deliver his message for were at stake. And his response is a word for us today. My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. Jeremiah is is so upset. And he calls on the comforter, his comforter, his God. to begin to minister to the people. And church, today we have the opportunity to call out to God for healing, for comfort, and for peace for our communities, for our nation. 
We can all go around complaining about the events and destruction, or we can call out to God. I love 2 Chronicles 7.14. I, I, I quote this frequently. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. But we as the people of God must do that which has been required upon us, which is to call out to Him. If our worship team can prepare, I'd like for us to Go into this last song again, the blessing. Church, when I read that passage of If My People, I am reminded of the ugly truth that we have an option. As much as God would love to mandate for us to cry out for, our, for the people, for the lost, the broken. As much as God would love for us to be required to have a response for people who are hurting, He still leaves it as an option. If my people. If we're unhappy with the conditions of our society, when was the last time you prayed for the broken, the hurting? You've all heard the saying before, hurting people hurt people. If you want to stop the pain, if you want to stop the hurt, you need to begin to pray that God would begin to minister healing to the broken-hearted people. You need to carry the message of hope for God so loved the world, so God, for God so loved the broken that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus. Can we learn to listen to the pain of the people crying out? Wanting their voice heard. If not us, who will? Father, we We love your blessings that flow in our lives. Sometimes we love just keeping them to ourselves.
But even as we sang this song earlier, and as we prepare to do so again, your blessing is not just for us, but it's for all those that we touch, that it will go before us and behind us and all around us, and it's going to touch our children and the generations that follow. Help us to surrender to your word and to your way that we may be carriers of a message of hope to a world that is lost and dying, that they may know you. Father, help me to learn to listen better. When someone's calling out and crying out, when someone's destroying things all around them, help me to hear their pain. Not to react to the destruction, but to hear the thing that is bringing about the response. Soften my heart, Lord. Worship team, lead us. As the Spirit of God leads you, you may find a place in an altar. Find a, You can kneel at your seat if you need to, but let's begin to cry out to our, our God, our Father, to cry out for our communities, to cry out for the broken.
going to end out this song in a few moments. We're going to receive our morning tithes and offering. But I, I want you to understand that God's favor that was poured out on you has purpose to do something. And so I want you to prepare your mind. I want you to prepare your mind that that which God has blessed you with today, that which God has blessed you with in, in, in relationship to his presence that is part of your life was given that you may allow it to overflow on all those that you come in contact with. And so I want you to prepare yourself to be a carrier of his favor this week. To be a carrier of his favor this week. Who will you carry his favor to this week? Father, we surrender to you. We are carriers of hope carriers of the message of Christ to the world and we are carriers of your favor I pray for our communities those that are protesting, those that are rioting those that don't feel like their voice has been heard for years and years they, they feel disenfranchised still they feel lost Father, I pray that you would help us to hear differently. That we would be able to love people the way you've called us to love them. We just thank you for your prophets. For the message that was shared thousands of years ago that is still as relevant today and moving us to response as it was then. Help us to hear the cries of the people. Help us to be a, a people who know how to fall on our faces and pray for the broken. We just thank you. this time uh, we're going to wait upon you for morning tithes and offering uh, Anthony if I could have you and uh, Kyle help me out there grab those offering plates there Kyle and Aubrey will help out on one side and you on the other and let's just pray a blessing on these uh, this offering Father I just thank you for the faithfulness of your people and their giving Father, I pray that as we continue to do that which your word has instructed us, that we would experience, Father, your outpouring in our lives. And we just thank you. We ask for this in your name. Amen. Once they are beyond you with the offering plate there, I just want to release you to, to continue to love on people. And uh, just thank you for...
coming out today. God bless you. If you're giving online, um, we've got our, our link that is on our online format too. And so we just want you to, to sense a freedom in whatever area there. And uh, God bless you. Love on one another today.